0: Welcome back to Heart of the Order podcast. It's Tuesday, February twenty seventh. Almost the end of the month. Almost to March. Uh, do- doesn't really seem possible, does it, Josh?
1: Uh, no, it's 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 tough to believe, but uh, I can't say it's it's a, a bad feeling. But um, it's it's amazing how how fast time's flying right now.
0: Yep, and uh, spring training is in full gear now. Uh, great to watch a little bit of baseball uh, on TV.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, as soon as pitchers and catchers report, it seems like it's uh it picks up pretty quick. Um, well, I think, Brad, we'll just dive right into it. There's kind of a, a, a special, I wouldn't call it a special episode, but um, just Brad and I are on the podcast tonight. Um, Mike is a little tuckered out, so uh, he's he's going to pass on tonight's episode, but we look forward to, to having him back um, in a couple weeks when we do our next episode. Um, while we've been gone the, the past two weeks, uh, quite a bit has happened, Brad. I don't know if uh, you've kept track of all of it, but we're going to we're gonna dig deep on some of the free agency has picked up um, in the last couple of weeks, kind of what we thought after the you Darvish signing to the Cubs. Um, I guess let, let's jump right in. So uh, Jake Odorizzi shipped to the Twins for minor leaguer Jermaine, I don't even know how you say that, Palacios or yeah, Palacios? Palacios. Um, Brad, obviously, would just Get your thoughts on on this trade for both sides.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great move for the Twins. Um, You know, I think they were kind of in on you, Darvish, a little bit, but at the end of the day, um, they're not known as big spenders, so I think this makes a little bit more sense um, for kind of their structure in the market that they're in. Um, Odorizzi's a guy who's not an ace, you know, but he's a solid two or three Um, You know, and he's a guy that's going to come in. He's going to eat up some innings for you. Um, He's usually going to make it at least into the sixth inning, which really takes a lot of stress off of your bullpen. And, I mean, the Twins, I tell you what, based on last year, I kept doubting them, doubting them. You know, adding a pitcher like Odorizzi just moves them up. Um, Got a great young team around him. I think the Twins are definitely someone to keep an eye on this year. Uh, And Odorizzi definitely elevates them even higher.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And and the Twins, to only give up Jermaine Palacios, I mean, if you look at it, he's projected to be like a utility man um, as far as an infielder goes. I mean, it's not like he's this, you know, unbelievable prospect to hang on to guys like Nick Gordon still and and some of these other high-level, especially middle infielder prospects. The Twins have two tremendous prospects still at the shortstop position um, that they've been able to hold on to. So to really only give up Jermaine Palacio straight up for Odorizzi, I think is a is a huge win for the twins. Um it's kind of puzzling to me what the Rays are doing. Um you would think we'll we'll dive into this a little bit later, but just off the top of my head, I mean you'd think that Archer and Kiermaier are the next two to go. I guess ultimately time will tell. But um yeah, I think it's I think it's a win for the twins and he bolsters that rotation right away. You know, nothing over the top, dominant, but Odorizzi's just a solid, solid, steady guy that's going to eat up innings and and get quite a few wins for you. Um, We'll dive right into the next trade. Um, Steven Souza, this was a three-team deal, which is rare in baseball. You don't see it a whole lot. Um, Steven Souza to the Diamondbacks. Um, The Yankees get Brandon Drury. Um, Infielder Nick Solak goes to the Rays. Um, And then Taylor Widener and Anthony Banda and two... um, players to be named later go to the Diamondbacks. So a three-team deal between Yanks, Diamondbacks, and Rays. Um, Brad, break this down for us.
0: Yeah, so once again, we have the Rays involved in the trade. Um, you know, lots of puzzling moves from them since we have last uh, spoke on here. But I think the big, um, obviously, Souza had a great year last year. Yep. I mean, he's always a guy that's been pretty highly thought of. But I'm excited for the, the Brandon Drury, Drury I,
1: I'm, I'm high on Drury.
0: I am too. I mean, that guy's got some pop in his bat. He can play second, third, even a little bit of outfield, which is exactly what the Yankees need, really. Yep. Um, you know, if you look at it, you have maybe he, an opening at second, maybe an opening at third. And Drury's a guy who, with that pop, is going to have great success in Yankee Stadium. Um, I, I think it's a great pickup for the Yankees. And once again, I just have to kind of question what the Rays are doing here. Uh, I also love the move for the D-backs, obviously kind of replacing J.D. Martinez with a guy like Souza.
1: Yeah, I I agree with all your comments. Um, I think it's interesting that, I mean, Drury, to me, is he's still very young. I mean, he's like, what, 24, maybe 25? Um, You know, he's a guy who we really haven't seen his ceiling yet, that's for sure. Um, So I, I think he's a great fit. Um, with the Yankees, and he's going to be well protected in that lineup, that's for sure. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see some more pop out of Drury because they're going to have to pitch to him. It's mm-hmm. the bottom line. Um, But yeah, I agree. It, it sues it to the Diamondbacks. I think it's a great get for Arizona. I um, think it makes a lot of sense and it saves them a heck of a lot of money, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Think about ha- not having mm-hmm. to pay JD Martinez what he deserves. I mean, don't get me wrong, he deserved the over $100 million contract, but. For them to get a guy, and I'm not saying Sousa's is going to be at the same production level as Martinez, but you know, it, he's going to be close to that, and without having to pay it, you know, if he's healthy, of course. But um, I, I think it's a big get for them as well. And yeah, I mean, it seems like the Rays are just totally, totally tanking on this year, and and just going the supreme prospect route because they're just hoarding him at this point. Um, that's pretty pretty obvious and evident at this point. Um, the next deal, and this actually started with, again, we're bringing up the Rays again, um, guy who, I believe he was an all-star last yeah, year, and I know, he, the All-Star game. I know he struggled in the second half, but Corey Dickerson, who was designated for assignment by the Rays, which is totally weird, which we had a feeling that they would trade him, but Pitts, that ultimately ended up going through, uh, Corey Dickerson to Pittsburgh for right-handed pitcher Daniel Hudson and infielder Tristan Gray, um. I guess to me, I'm trying to wrap my head around why they designated him for assignment in the first place, other than they just didn't want to pay him and try and trade him. I guess maybe I answered my own question. But, um, Brad, I- I'm curious to, to pick your brain a little bit on this. What, what in the world is Tampa Bay doing? And um, if, I was, yeah. <laughs> if, I was, if I was Dickerson, I'd, I mean, after a year like you had last year, it doesn't make much sense to reward him with a designate for assignment.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, I understand they're trying to shed salary, but I don't even think Dickerson's making that much money.
1: No, a and, couple million probably. Right. Yeah.
0: And I mean, he's a guy who can DH. He can play some outfield. Not the best outfielder. Um, so I thought it was an interesting fit in Pittsburgh. But yeah, just it's just a real head scratcher. Um, I like the move for Pittsburgh though, because you have Starling Marte, and then uh, obviously Dickerson, and who's the other one they have out there? Polanco
1: yeah Gregory Polanco so I mean
0: that that's a solid outfield after losing McCutcheon yeah
1: no I agree um,
0: once once again I think the Rays might be on the losing end of this trade
1: so that seems to be a a recurring theme as the the offseason goes on all right for our next segment um let's jump into some big free agent signings um Again, over the last couple of weeks, it's been busy. Um, I think there's been quite a few signings on the free agent market. There's still a lot of free agents to be had, but we'll start off with the most popular deal—at least, well, one of the most popular deals—with Eric Hosmer to the Padres for eight years and 144 million dollars. Um, Yikes! Yeah, I, I I can second that. Um, let's let's I'll ask you the question: What does this mean for Will Myers? Who was at first base, right? They transitioned him to first last year.
0: Yeah, and and that's my big concern because Myers is a guy who has issues staying healthy, um, So and he wasn't great in the outfield to begin with. Um, so it was, it was a good move to put him at first base, um, kind of preserve his health a little bit. So that was my first concern when I saw that they signed Hosmer. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of some of the intangibles that Hosmer brings yep. to a team. But I don't think first base would be the position that I would have been looking to sign someone, and especially that long-term of a deal sure. um, with that kind of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, this—that's he's getting paid. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And to me, I mean, I don't know if you would agree with this, but the Padres to me are, are a good three, four years off from truly competing, right? I mean, just in my mind where I, I see them. I mean, don't get me wrong, they have they have a lot of talent. Young talent. I mean, that, there's no yeah. doubting that. But um, you know, to me, that this reminds me a little bit. And I know it's obviously an, an infielder versus a pitching deal. But um, I was, you know, I, I always think back to the Cubs rebuild because San Diego's been going down a similar path that the Cubs chose five, six years ago. Um, and it, is this to you like a turn the corner John Lester type signing the Cubs made, but for the Padres? Like, is this if I'm a Padres fan? Um, is this the kind of deal that's like all right, we're gonna win now or at least try to be competitive now um, or is this just kind of bridging the gap, giving the fans you know something to root for for the next couple of years before they're trying to compete in three or four years down the line? Yeah, I,
0: th- I think it's I think it's a good move from a yeah, this guy's had postseason experience. Um, he's been in a World Series, you know he's a great defender, everything I've heard he's a great clubhouse guy. Um, it's it's definitely the type of guy that you want to come in there and kind of take that leadership role. Yeah.
1: High character um, guy for sure.
0: Yeah, which I mean is necessary on a young team, but at the same time, I feel like he might be. I mean, he's still relatively young, but I feel like he might be a little bit past their window to compete, yep. so to say. I would agree. And, and it's an albatross of a contract. They're going to have a very difficult time moving that deal if if this doesn't work out.
1: Sure. Yeah, and and I don't think Petco is very hitter friendly at least in terms of power. Um it's definitely yeah. one of the better pitching ballparks around, but um you know, and Hosmer's not a huge power guy to begin with, and I'm not saying he has to be, but if you're going to pay a guy 144 million dollars to me, I'm going to go pay a slugger who can go hit 35-40 bombs a year versus 15 to 20. And and I know he's he's got a he's got a good bat, but um you know, he, he's definitely more of a a ground ball contact hitter versus you know tremendous upside and power. And I, don't get me wrong, I'm a I'm a big Eric Hosmer fan. I I like the guy a lot. I think what he brought to Kansas City was pivotal in all of their success in the postseason. I'm by no means am I am I ripping this guy at all, but to give him that kind of money and, and he's not that slugger that um, you know is so attractive to these free, uh, MLB teams. It's it's a bit puzzling for me to give him that much for that long. Um, I get if it was a higher annual value on a shorter deal that would make more sense um, but uh, for eight years is a really long time and by the time they're competitive I think he could be over the hill a little bit um, hope he's not you know I hope he does well but because um, he's a he's a good person and a good guy to have around but again lack of power and, and I, I agree with you I'm not sure how he fits their window um, but what, what do you think in regards to it, do you think this is the, the Lester type signing for the Padres? I mean, does, is, you know, I, I don't know. I, I keep going back to that, but, um,
0: yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Is
1: this going to help lure other free agents there like Lester did for the Cubs?
0: Yeah, I think, I think it does. Um, you know, cause he's the type of guy that players want to play with. Um, you know, that being said, San Diego isn't necessarily a premier destination. I wouldn't say, um, just because they've had such a long time without really winning anything, um, you know. But I I feel like Hosmer could be an attractive piece. Um, you know, as these younger guys come up and start playing better, like Manuel Margot, yeah, uh, Hunter Renfro. You know, it could, it could end up being a spot that could draw another guy. Um, I think pitching is going to be the next area
1: yep. to look at. Um, and they do have some young. They got some good young, young, young pitchers. Don't get me wrong, but. They got some talent on the pitching side if they're healthy, obviously. But um, but again, I think those pitchers are three or four years away from being, you know, lights out kind of stuff to put them over the hump. But yeah, I'm with you. There, there are some definite pieces there. Um, I think again, three, four years down the line, we could be talking about the Padres um, in serious contention if all goes to plan. Um, But it'll be interesting to keep an eye on what what they do. You know, after this move, because now they got a lot of money tied up with with Hosmer, and you know, do they get aggressive next off season and go after one of the huge guys or sign a couple pitchers to speed the process up? Um, it, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on them. Um, let's go to the the second free agent signing and the other huge one in my opinion, um, J D Martinez to the Boston Red Sox for five years, one hundred and ten million. Um, there is an opt out after two years. Does this move the Red Sox past the Yankees?
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of breaks my heart that J.D. Martinez went to the Red Sox. Um, if you guys don't know, that's my least favorite team. I absolutely despise them. Um, that being said, J.D.'s been one of my favorite players over the probably last five years. Um, so I was happy to see him get, you know, the, the type of money that I thought he deserved. Um, I feel like in, in other markets, though, he still could have gotten more. Yeah. Um, but kind of the nature of the beast when a deal comes this late. Uh, in, in the period but I mean you got to look at the Red Sox outfield now with Betts and Benintendi sure and Bradley um, you know it, it's gonna I think it's gonna prolong JD's career um, definitely help him out not having to play the field um, he, he reminds me of the type of guy that's gonna come in and kind of have an impact of a of a David Martinez or I'm sorry, David Ortiz, Yeah. big poppy. Um, You know, he's been there, he's got postseason experience, and I think it's the big bat that they were missing, someone that's going to hit around 270 to 300 with 30-plus home runs every year. So I I, I love the deal for the Red Sox. I hate it as a Red Sox hater, but I think it's a great signing for them.
1: Yeah, I, I was honestly pretty surprised that more teams weren't, and I guess we don't know for sure, but, I was kind of surprised more teams weren't engaged with JD Martinez, um, with, I mean, I I get that he's not this, you know, superstar defender, but the dude can just stick it and, and got as good a bat as anybody, in my opinion. Um, I was pretty surprised to see only a couple teams show interest and I, and I get that there's a ton of free agents next year, but chance to go out and get a huge power bat. Um, I mean, it's, those guys don't come around, you know, every day, that's for sure. Um, what but, do you think
0: it means for Hanley Ramirez?
1: Yeah, I you know, I'm not... With the DH, it helps the situation, having that. Um, but again, I mean, they got so many guys that it, it'll be interesting. I mean, they're, they're going to have... Was it uh, Alex Cora, right? Is that who mm-hmm. took over there? Um, Cora's going to have a, a lot of juggling parts. Don't get me wrong, it's, it's good problems to have, similar to what uh, my Cubbies have, and just tons of depth. But I mean, I even think of the young talent. I mean, you got Rafael Devers at third... Um, it assume Pedroia is back at second. Um, and then you got a loaded outfield. Um, I mean, Bogarts
0: should bounce back too. Yeah.
1: Bogarts is a great young shortstop. Um, I mean, you're looking at a, a team that's just loaded from top to bottom. And then we haven't even began to discuss, you got Chris sale and I haven't heard anything. Is David price healthy? Is he going to try yep. and start again? So, I mean, you think about it, if you got sale and price healthy at the top of the rotation, um, you know, if they're healthy, they're going to be as good as most pitchers out there. Um, we haven't even dove into their rotation yet, but I, you know, as far as comparing them to the Yankees, I'm not sure. Both teams have a ton of young talent and some veteran pieces that are really complementary and and nice and seem to fit both sides. I think it's going to be a heck of a rivalry this year, kind of renewing that spark of what it's been in the past.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and. And just to kind of bounce off of that a little bit, um, I think it might be one of those things where the Yankees might have more depth in their rotation, whereas the Red Sox have two guys that are going to go out there yeah. every five days, and you're going to trust them to put you in a position to win. Yeah. Um, the Yankees have that to some extent, but I feel like two dominant starters. Um, but I think the Yankees' bullpen kind of evens it out. So it, it like you said, it's going to be a tough call. Um, I think it's going to be one of those races that comes down to the end.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it'll be interesting to see as well, um, you know, with the injury problems in the past, especially with David Price, um, you know, I, I don't think they're not going to be able to just go rely on those guys for an entire season, working them to death. Um, so eventually they're going to have to address pitching at some point. You would think, right? I mean, um, and, and that's why it obviously helps to have the depth and young pieces that they have because if they need pitching, they can certainly go get it. But um, they're going to have to be careful with innings. And I wouldn't be surprised if Price was on some sort of, I don't know, inning control thing at least to start the year, as as the season goes on, to try and save his arm for the postseason. If if they're primed for that run. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. To see, you know, does it is it better to have the depth pieces and have more guys you can go to to eat innings in the regular season? I think with the Yankees lineup, that they'll be able to mask that, and you know, they don't necessarily need the two lights out guys that are just gonna mow you down every you know time they're on the mound because the Yankees lineup is so good. And don't get me wrong, Boston lineup is very good too, but. Um, to, to see the two and compare the two, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out because a little bit different styles, but um, both are, are primed for a very good 2018 and primed for the postseason, in my opinion. And both teams have the pieces, more importantly, to address their needs at the deadline. Um, I think that that's something yeah. that can get overlooked as well. Uh, yeah, which is scary to think about, really? If you're an American League team, um, you know, having the money that those teams have, with the prospects they have, with the pieces they already have, um, you know, I, they're going to be two of the most dangerous teams in baseball. Um, and we haven't even dug into Houston yet, who's done nothing but get better as well this off season. Um, kind of a, a lesser sign. At one time, this guy was a, a, a <laughs> when he was with Milwaukee, he, he was as good at outfielder as anybody. Um, and that is Carlos Gomez. Um, he hasn't been good for a few years. He's been struggling a little bit. He's been got caught by the injury bug quite a bit. But um, what, what in the world are the Rays doing signing this guy other than, in my mind, to flip him at the deadline? Brad, your thoughts.
0: Yeah, that has to be what it is. Um, I think this signing is kind of a product of the free agent market. Um, you know, just not a lot going on. So you can get a guy who has bounce-back potential like that on a relatively cheap deal. Um, He he might be able to fetch you a good prospect at the deadline. Um, So, I I mean, I think it's a good deal, but at the same time, I feel like they had pieces in place that could have fetched them the same amount of prospects at the deadline that they already traded away. Right. Um, And might have been able to boost those guys' value a little bit. So kind of a little puzzling as all of the raised deals we've discussed have been sure. Um, you know, but I, I think it's a good signing.
1: Yeah. I, for them, I mean, why not? It's, um, I don't know the, the exact number on the money side of things, but, um, my guess is it's not very expensive and a guy who's got that upside. I mean, we've seen it in the past again, he's got to be healthy and, and seeing the ball well, which is something that hasn't happened the last few years, but, um, yeah, it's just puzzling to see. You know, they, they make all these trades, and then all of a sudden, oh, Ray signed Carlos Gomez. Um, you know, in my mind, immediately, it's okay. They're, hopefully, that he catch fire in a bottle the first half and, and flip him for a piece that could help you down the road. Um, other than that, I don't I don't know what the signing is. Um, let's dig a little bit deeper on the Rays, um, and I know they've had a, a hefty hefty asking price on him, and deservingly so. Um, he's an outstanding pitcher who. Um, would help absolutely any rotation he goes to, but is is Archer that next guy to be traded? Um, you know, do they have the balls to actually trade him? Um, obviously, I think he
0: has to be. Um, he can't be happy with the direction they're heading. You know, they're basically throwing in the towel. If I was him, you know, he's a pitcher that's in his prime. He needs to go to a contender, and I think he's going to make that clear to management. Like, hey, look, you guys, obviously have showed me that you're not interested in being competitive, you know, for at least another five years in in my
1: mind. Right. And that's, Um, he's under control for what the next four, by the time that he's up with control they're you know, they're not going to be any good those four years. So why on earth would they keep him around? Um, and he's going to
0: fetch them the prospects that they want back. Um, So I think it's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and then digging a little bit deeper with Kiermaier because um, he, he's still slotted as their everyday center fielder, right? I mean, Kiermaier is a yeah. total stud defensively and has shown he can do some good things with the bat. Um, again, to me, Kiermaier is a guy who would help virtually every single Major League Baseball team out there. Um, he would slot into most teams' everyday center fielder. Um, I know teams would, would kill to have him. Um, you know, you would think that he's in that conversation as well, right?
0: Oh, Absolutely. And he's made it clear. I, I can't remember the exact source, um, but he's made it very clear that he is not happy the direction um, that management's going. Um, and, you know, that that's a guy that you brought in. He's kind of the leader of the team, kind of the heart and soul. Yeah. And, you know, if he wants out, I think they're going to do everything they can yeah. to kind of help him out because you know, he's, he's earned it. He's been so good to the
1: race. Yep. Yeah. And so has Archer. I mean, if anyone has a right to be a little bit frustrated with the direction of the organization to me it's 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 Archer and Keimire i mean they've the i mean Archer came up with the cubs and he was dealt to the rays but still dealt there at a very young age and basically came up through Tampa Bay and Meyer, i believe was drafted by Tampa Bay and developed through their system as well so you know they've been through the dog days of it and been on some quite a few losing baseball teams over there. And and to me, those guys deserve to be a part of winning culture and um, they've put in the time and they're both coming into their primes in their late 20s and and deserve to be in contenders. And to me, they have every right with what management has done to request a trade. And I don't think they're the kind of guys who are going to make a stink about it. They're not going to go to the reporters and say, oh, I want to get out of here, you know, and cause a stink like a lot of guys would do. Um, A lot of guys have took to social media about it. I think you're starting to see a trend in baseball more with that. And that's interesting with Popularity of Twitter and all that nowadays, you know, wow. you, you see guys getting a little more aggressive on there. But um, to me, Archer and Kiamai are going to be the kind of guys that it'll be more behind the scenes to management, saying, "Hey, listen, you know, love you guys, thanks for everything, but you know, I want out." And in to me, that's kind of the way I see it, and and I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Um, it's just going to be what team is willing to give up those those big pieces to do it. Um, you know, dare do the Yankees give up a couple? huge pieces to, to put him over the top. I wouldn't be surprised, um, but there's going to be some teams come season time that are going to be willing to part way with some some really good talent to get him. That's for sure. Um, and same with Kiermaier. Yep. So,
0: yeah, and, and just real quick, I wanted to touch on, um, I pulled up that quote from Kiermaier that I had earlier. Um, they kind of asked him about some of the roster moves, and this was his quote. Uh, he says, I'm 100% frustrated and very upset with the moves. No beating around the bush. It's one of those things that makes you scratch your head. You don't know the reasoning why, and then you see the team's explanation, and it's still just like, okay, well, so be it. So, so clearly, he's not happy with the direction they're
1: heading. Sure. Yeah, if, if he's starting to say those kinds of things, um, you know, he's a pretty even keel guy, you think, and, and he keeps his mouth shut on a lot. Um, and for him to speak up a little bit, it's it's not a good sign for the Rays management. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on in the coming months, and it probably won't happen till the season or maybe even the deadline. But look for those two to be moved at some point. Um, I'd I'd be shocked if they weren't.
0: And real quick, so you said you think Yankees are the destination for? Oh, I,
1: yeah. I I mean, I'm just throwing. I'm not saying that he's gonna go to the Yankees, but that's a team I could see that has pieces that would trade for him. I, I, I'm I not predicting the Yankees, but they're a team that I could see in my mind um, you know that does have some of these guys that could get him.
0: Yeah, I would say Yankees, Cardinals, and Brewers would be my top three yep. that I could see making a move
1: on him. All three of them have, have the prospects to do it and would fit their window of what they're trying to do, for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I could see him going to Milwaukee or St. Louis. I'd be sick if he, if we if he did, because obviously Cubbies would have to deal with him, but um, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, So, another kind of of middle-of-the-pack signing, I would say, but to me, a little bit of an underrated one. Brad, we talked about this a little bit, but um, an underrated signing for the Diamondbacks in Jared Dyson um, adds a ton of speed, adds a good presence in the outfield, obviously not a power hitter, but Seems to be able to get on base. Um, Your thoughts on the Diamondbacks signing Gerard Dyson?
0: I think it's a great deal for them. Um, You know, they got him on a very reasonable contract. He's not a guy that's going to come in and, you know, automatically alter your franchise, but he's a great glue guy. Um, Somebody that can play multiple positions in the outfield, um, can pinch run late in games. He's always a threat to steal a base. And, you know, like you said, he gets on base. So I think it's a no-brainer move for the D-backs, especially a team that's kind of strapped financially. Um, You know, if you kind of think about it, they replaced J.D. Martinez with Dyson and Souza. You can certainly do worse.
1: No, I I agree, and at least they did something. You know, they're not, um, you know, just kind of letting letting J.D. Martinez go and just letting it be. Um, You know, they're working hard to fill that gap young pitchers and a guy like Granke to bolster the rotation. Um, you know, especially after reaching the postseason last year, um, I, you know, it makes all the sense in the world. And I think Dyson's a guy who out there for defense or a pinch runner to steal a base that can, you know, stay in the game to play defense as well. Um, he, he's a guy that could prove very, very valuable come October. And to me, it makes um, a lot of sense for the diamondbacks. And I think it's a, it's a solid signing. Um, Next up, let's Tony Watson to the San Francisco Giants. Um, it is an even year. Your your thoughts on Watson to the Giants, and uh, it, do the Giants bounce back with even year magic?
0: I, I think uh, health is going to be the big, big major factor here. Because um, if you look at their lineup on paper, it's it's pretty filthy. And then the pitching rotation, you know, you got to think if Cueto's healthy, if Baumgartner's healthy, Samarja. Um, Samarja. yeah, you know. And obviously the back end could use a little bit of work, um, you know, but I, I think they have the potential to really turn some heads this year. And I would say adding a guy like Tony Watson to your bullpen is, is going to be huge.
1: Right. And and kind of the bullpen has been the Giants' biggest struggle. I mean, don't get me wrong, their lineup wasn't great last year. They had a lot of injuries, but um, their bullpen is really what's been hurting them the last couple of years. And Um, Even though they've made some signings to address that, I I mean, a combination of injuries and underperformance is definitely has you know two factors playing into it. But um, a guy like Tony Watson, who you know I watched him a lot in Pittsburgh, and he was a very very good reliever, lefty if I'm not mistaken, and um, to to bring in a solid lefty in the back end of the rotation or in that rotation um, bullpen, and with the ability to close games as well. I, I don't think he would be uncomfortable closing, in my opinion, um, if the Giants do have struggles there. So um, keep an eye out for that. He's a guy that could potentially, you know, fill in and close for the Giants if something were to go wrong um, or just slide into that right away. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He'll be competitive for it. Um, but again, yeah, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for them and, and fits what they're doing, a veteran presence. to um, They do have a couple younger relievers, so I think that helps, um, you know, mentor them a little bit as well and look at a guy who just goes to work day in and day out. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Brad. I think the giants are, um, they're, they're definitely, their window is now. Um, it's going to be a lot to do with health and, and these veteran guys staying healthy every day. And, um, you know, bochi has got some talent to work with, that's for sure. Um, and, and they got a, a heavy veteran lineup that could do some damage in the postseason if they get there and they're healthy, that's for sure. Um,
0: did you know Bumgarner's only 28?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He, I mean, you th- when he was that blows my mind. Yeah, when he was dominant. I mean, he was a young pitcher dominating at the big league level. Yeah, no, no, yeah. He's he's not even to his prime yet. That's what's scary. As good as he's been, um, only 28. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, another, you know, kind of decent signing. Logan Morrison to the Twins. Um, you'd think he'd slide into that first base, maybe DH role for Minnesota. Um, your thoughts on Morrison to the Twins? Adds a little pop at the corner.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very interesting signing. Um, you know, he's kind of a home run hitter, and he goes to a, a field-like target field, um, not necessarily known for power hitters. But I think, I think he could be a very good fit there. You know, he had 30-plus home runs last year, so definitely a good move for the twins.
1: Yeah, and I think something that people kind of overlook too is, you know, you got a guy like uh Joe Mauer, right? A veteran guy. Um and you can kind of start to shift him more into that DH, right? I mean, you can you, if you got a guy like Joe Mauer, you want still in the middle of your lineup, he doesn't have to have the wear and tear of playing in the field every day that um, in all honesty, the Twins kind of needed him to do. I think he's DH'd a little bit, but Logan Morrison eases a lot of pressure off Joe Mauer having to play every day as well. And I think that that's only going to benefit the Twins because they do have some young pieces as well. And um, there is a kind of a little, there's a little bit of a short porch in right for Minnesota. I mean, it's definitely not a, a slugger's park, but um, I think Morrison, it, he's going to have uh, you know the ability to hit. Thirty plus home runs again this year in that ballpark, um, if he's healthy and on, you know, swinging like he was last year. Um, So we'll jump. Lastly, or one of the last things we'll talk about, um, and this is actually for uh, your hometown Tigers, Brad. But uh, Francisco Liriano signing was it a minor league deal or was it a major league contract? No,
0: I'm pretty sure it's major league deal.
1: (laughs) Okay. Do you know how much they're paying him? I'm sure it's not, you know, crazy. Pretty
0: incentive laden. If okay,
1: I so a certain amount right. of in- innings or starts or whatever can earn yeah. him more money. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, Francisco Liriano to the Tigers. We'll get the, the, the Tigers fan perspective first.
0: I, I think it's, it's kind of a head-scratcher for me, but at the same time, I think it's a good move. Um, you know, the Tigers have brought in a few guys like this now that have the ability to either start or they've also been in the pen before. Um, they did this with Wood as well. Um, his was actually a minor league deal, but Lariano a guy who has upside. And I think working with a good pitching coach like Basio, um, I think that's going to be huge for him. And it's a guy who, if he does have, you know, even a solid year at the deadline, teams are always looking for left-handed pitching. Sure. And he's a guy that's shown he can come out of the pen. You know, he can start in a pinch. Um, at one time he was very dominant pitcher. So I, I think it's a good move for the Tigers and I hope he fetches us a solid prospect.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think big picture, that's, that's what they're looking at. Um, again, kind of that lightning-in-a-bottle veteran guy hopefully has a great first half, and they deal in for somebody who could potentially help you down the road. Um, it, it's amazing how many teams you're seeing that are shifting to this mindset, but when teams like Chicago and Houston and even New York for a brief stint, but you know, you watch Chicago and Houston that go through this massive rebuild and follow that mold. You're seeing more and more teams start to follow that trend. Um, and and yeah, I, I I'm with you again. I, we're we're thinking the same way tonight. That's for sure. Um, you know, try and hopefully has great first half, flip him for a prospect, and and go from there. Um, and if he doesn't, you're not paying him too much to where it looks awful. Um, I think it makes makes a lot of sense for the Tigers, and also think that it. Would have been a good addition four or five years ago when the Tigers were really good, but um, you know it, it'll be interesting to see how he how he kind of bounces back from because I think he was in the bullpen with Toronto if I'm not mistaken to end the season yeah, last year. The
0: Astros picked him up too. At oh, the, that's uh,
1: right. Yeah, he was. Headline. He played at least a series or two in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, that's right. You're absolutely right. Coming out of the pen. Um, well, lastly, we'll take a look at. I'm just gonna read this list, and then we'll we'll try and wrap our mind around at this point in time how these guys are all still free agents. It it is mind boggling to me. Um, but I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read you this list, and we'll we'll go from there. We'll just wing it. Um, kind of some headliners at the top. We got Jake Arietta. I mean, think about it. It is February 27th. 2018, and this is your list of free agents. MLB is 30 days away from opening day. From right now, we are 30 days away, and these guys are still unsigned. Jake Arietta, Alex Cobb, Mike Moustakis, Lance Lynn, Jason Wirth, Neil Walker, Carlos Gomez, Danny Valencia, Houston Street, Drew Storen, Trevor Rosenthal, Mark Reynolds, Jonathan Lucroy, Adam Lind, John Lackey, John Jay, Greg Holland, Matt Holliday, Jeremy Hellickson, J.J. Hardy, Tyler Clippard, Melky Cabrera, Jose Batista, and I threw in Brett Anderson for the fun of it. Now I I, I know that not all these guys are, are big name, you know, free agents, but you're looking still at this list of Arietta Cobb, Moustakas, I throw Lance Lynn in that category. Neil Walker's been a solid second baseman. Carlos Gomez, um, Jonathan Lucroy, and Greg Holland. I mean that list right there is is strong. I mean, that's a, there's a, that's a lot of talent still left at this point in time. And you're not even getting into the guys, you know, those, those middle-of-the-pack guys like some of the bullpen arms that I mentioned, or Jonathan Lucre, who's been a tremendous catcher in the big leagues for the majority of his career. Um, you know, you got some veteran guys like Jose Batista, but what, how, how does your mind revolve around this list and, and what to make of it? And, and how quick, I mean, we're starting to see it unfold a little bit, but how quick does this thing shake out?
0: It, it's kind of puzzling, honestly. Um, so a lot of these guys had really good years last year. Um, you know, in normal free agency here, you know they'd be well gone on a team by now.
1: Oh, by um, yeah, by the winter meetings, really. Yeah. By the end of the I winter mean, meetings. For God's
0: sakes, you know, a guy like Greg Holland, he led the NL in saves last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and there's so many teams that need back end help um, in the bullpen. So that one especially. Um, it's kind of mind mind-boggling to me, and then even the starting pitching, as you mentioned, with Arietta, Cobb, and Lynn, uh, you know, as the top three remaining, um, I can't think of a time in my life when there's been three pitchers of that quality um, still available at this point in the off season. Uh, you know, so it, I don't even know how to wrap my mind around it, um, what to even think about it, but it, it's definitely puzzling.
1: Yeah, and and I know. Um... Kind of focusing in or zeroing in on some of these bullpen arms too. I mean, there's a lot of bats and a lot of even some top tier starting pitching like Arietta and some middle of the pack mid rotation guys like Cobb and Lynn. Um, I'm looking at some of these bullpen arms too. And a guy like Trevor Rosenthal, who was St. Louis's closer in darn good two or three years ago, has a career 240 ERA in the bullpen. Um, and I know he's been hit with the injury plague a little bit. But even if he was injured, I mean, I, I look at the Cubs signing Drew Smiley. Even if I don't, I don't know if Rosenthal is injured as we speak, but even some of these guys that have some issues in their arm, you're seeing teams take flyers on guys to rehab them for half a year or a year or whatever in terms of looking ahead. Um, a, a guy like Rosenthal, even uh, he's only like, what, 27 maybe? I mean, it's not like he's a super old veteran pitcher who doesn't have anything left in the tank. And again, I know he's been hurt, but it's shocking to me that guys like Trevor Rosenthal are still on the market. Um, Even if teams know that he even is a little injury prone, because nowadays, if you're pitching, who isn't? And um, why not take a flyer on a guy who had been a proven closer in the big leagues? Now, he lost that job the last couple of years, but um, I don't know. It's hard for me to make sense of that. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Some of these middle of the pack bullpen guys. I think Storen's another guy who's been bit with the injury bug, but, um, you know, again. Even
0: Houston Street, too. I mean.
1: Yeah, he's closed for the Angels and a lot of teams.
0: Yeah, one time he was, you know, a top five closer. He definitely passed his prime now, but another guy that you would think would be able to come in and even take, like, a mentorship role.
1: Yep. Even Ty- Tyler Clippard. Yeah. What about Clippert? Yeah. yeah, he's another guy in that mix where it's like, h- how are these guys unsigned. I, it's not like these teams, uh, you know, the majority of the teams being competitive have these super bullpens. Um, there's a few that are pretty well set, but you would think that these guys would bolster the bullpen a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be interesting um, t- to see as well. I mean, there's just so many names out there. There's no way that all these guys are going to be signed before opening day, you would think. I mean, with 30 days away and the way everything's... I don't know. I think there's going to be a, a few guys for the first time that are just unsigned, and then maybe they'll be signed as the season goes on, but um, craziness.
0: Where do you think uh, Cargo ends up?
1: <laughs> Gee, that's, that's a tough one. If, if, I'm, if I'm Colorado, I'm, going, I'm trying to make a deal with, with Cargo. I think with with the altitude and familiarity with the locker room and players and management, um, unless there's just so much bad blood there that he can't take it. Um, I would be going after him if I was Colorado. And and I agree, because
0: um, their best player today, Nolan Arenado, actually came out and said how, you know, everyone's kind of been talking about it, like they miss his personality. Um, you know, he, he was an original Rocky. You know, he's been there through the good times and the bad. Yeah. Um, had, had a down year last year. But he's a guy who knows the players. Um, you know, he kind of took some of those younger guys under his wing. Um, why not see if you can work out, even if it's just a one-year deal? You know, if you throw him seven to ten million, I don't know what he's going for. But but why not take that chance? I mean, he showed it last year was probably the only year that he hasn't played at an All-Star caliber at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, so why not take that chance and? I mean I tell you Colorado's not far off
1: no with the with the bullpen signings and starting pitching is going to be a question but they got some young starters like John Gray um, who if, if you know if Hoffman. they Hoff, yeah Hoffman if they emerge on the scene um, they, you know they they could be very very good and um, with the bullpen in the position they're in and their lineup is darn good and, and at home they're as tough as anybody to deal with um, you know, I don't know why they wouldn't go sign a guy like Cargo and, and try and put him over the top. I mean, he would only improve their lineup, and you know, obviously he's got to stay healthy, but um, I'd be shocked if they didn't try and make a push for him. Um, outside of there, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could. I guess it just depends on the type of deal he's looking for, in my opinion. Um, if he's willing to take a one-year deal, then I could see him going to a whole slew of teams um, that are contenders that you know are looking to get a potential impact bat on a relatively you know cheap deal not cheap but in terms of the the market and you know getting paying guys over a 100 million dollars on set five to eight year deals the way we're seeing it this offseason um i I think it just depends if he's adamant about a multi-year deal i think it's going to take some time to unfold um if he's willing to go one year um you know, you're going to see a whole mix of teams trying to get in there, and and he'll be deciding on you know who he wants to contend with. Um, to answer your question, I feel
0: like he'd be a good fit with the Giants.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't get why if if he's willing to accept a one year deal, I don't know why teams would not. I mean, I don't I don't know of a team that would say, hey, you know what? I mean, maybe the Yankees or Boston with the depth they have in the outfield, but other than that, I don't know of a team that's in Milwaukee as well. But to say. Hey, you know, we're good. We don't want Chicago. I mean, why wouldn't you take a, a flyer on that guy um, if he's willing to take a one-year deal? Um, it, did he turn down the qualifying offer? I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, honestly. Because if, if, he, if he turned it down, that could bite him, um, especially yeah. if this is moving towards what it seems like. He's having to take a short-term deal or maybe even a one-year deal, potentially, and um, be interesting to see some of the guys that turned down this uh, qualifying offer, what they end up getting. That's for sure. Um, that, to, to expand a little bit on some of these guys, like I'm looking at, um, you know, John Jay, who was with the Cubs last year. Um, a guy like Jason Worth, who I, I get that Worth's a little bit older. I think he's you know mid to late 30s. And don't get me wrong, I I witnessed his debacle in left field in the, um, the NLDS last year against the Cubs. That proved to be pretty costly but again worth has not had a bad career at all mid to late 30s um you know obviously it's going to be a short-term contract i i don't know why this guy's left unsigned either can, I, can, do you or john jay as well i mean john Jay's not a power guy but he's a glue guy not a bad guy to have around at all How, why are those two not signed yeah
0: i, I kind of wanted to see uh john jay go to the tigers um you know, just on what he did last year and
1: help kids he like came Daz Cameron and center field, yeah. Um,
0: you know, instead of Leonis Martin, I think I would have rather had him,
1: yeah. Martin will make gold glove plays in the outfield, but he'll bat a buck 80. Um, Jay can at least spray it around and get on base. Um, he'd fit into the Tigers top of the order every single day if they had him. Um, but they, I mean, what is how do you make sense of that? You, even a guy like Jason, Worth, I get that he's older, but. For a veteran presence on a contending team, why are teams not going after a guy like Jason Worth?
0: Yeah, Worth would be a great DA, DH for American League
1: team. Yeah, like why if I'm like the Baltimore Orioles or somebody like that, that again Baltimore is not like they're not blowing it up, but they're not going and signing stud guys either. But if if I'm like Baltimore, why why would you not go sign a guy like Jason Worth to help improve your lineup? You can slide him into the DH um, without breaking the bank. If you're trying to be competitive, why the heck not? What are your thoughts on on some of those middle of the pack teams, or do you think you know the Yankees and Red Sox of the world need to go get him?
0: No, I, I would say the teams that could catch lightning in a bottle um, would, would be the the primary landing spots. Um, you know, someone like the Orioles that you mentioned. Um, I think even the Angels could be a good fit.
1: Yeah, or the like or, or Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah, the angel. Yeah, why wouldn't the angels go get him for depth?
0: Or the A's? You know, yeah. it, it seems like the A's always go out and get guys like this, um, you know, and then flip them at the deadline for prospects. Yeah, um, you know, so so there's a few different landing spots. Um, the problem that we're seeing though is so many of these teams that aren't contending want to get their young guys so much playing time; they don't want to stunt their development they're not going after these, you know, middle of the tier, over 30 players anymore because they think they'd rather get their guys the experience that they need.
1: Sure. Yeah, I I, I could see that for sure. Um, Just, I mean, even, and don't get me wrong, this guy I'm looking at, another guy who's struggled the last season or two, but at one time, um, you know, was a solid, solid MLB shortstop. Not saying he is that right now, but again, I'm having a hard time believing, like, even – Um, I know last year was not good. I'm not saying it was, but a guy like JJ Hardy, why hasn't anyone taken a flyer on him and said, Hey, you know, we know that, you know, you didn't get what you wanted last year, but again, you're a veteran guy. Haven't heard negative things about JJ Hardy other than he struggled a little bit at the plate. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking out loud, but, um, you know, these veteran guys that, again, might be a little bit over the hump, but could still help and provide depth for some of these teams. I'm shocked that teams aren't giving them at least short term deals. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Hardy? I, again, I know he struggled last year, but.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, you know, like, like we've touched on, it's just really shocking to see so many quality players out there that are basically not homeless, but, you know, they don't have a team. Um, you know, so it, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how it kind of unfolds over this next month. Um, you know, because like you said, we're thirty days away, and there's a heck of a good crop of free agents still.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, again, add Matt Holiday to the list, who you know had really good years in St. Louis and has struggled late, but again, never know when a guy like that could could turn around. Um, you know, for for a team that's trying to contend, I don't know, I. Adam Linds, another guy who, again, power bat, high strikeout rate, but at the same time could provide some depth. Um, Luke Royce puzzling as well. Um, we could go down that whole list and try and make sense of it. Um, we'd just run it in circles, but um, just thought we'd we'd dive a little bit deeper into the remaining free agents still on February 27th, and I know it's been a recurring theme for our podcast all, all off season. to, you know, we're obviously heavy on baseball and um, you know, love talking free agency and predicting things. But, um, you know, keep an eye on all those guys we were talking about and all the guys we listed because there's a lot to be shaken out still with 30 days to go. And you'd like to get those guys signed so they can get some work in in spring before we get thrown into the fire of the season. Um, otherwise, some of these guys are going to have to go down to AAA to start the season to just get work in. Um, will be interesting. So, well, with that being said, Brad, I think we uh, wrapped it up for tonight. Do you have uh, anything you want to add before we close out?
0: Uh, just one last thing, uh, Tim Lincecum signed with the Rangers today. Okay, uh, so that's that's definitely kind of noteworthy. Be interesting to see if he might accept a role in a bullpen, um, where I, where I think he should go and has the best chance to kind of reboot his career.
1: Sure, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, thank you for adding that. I didn't have that on our on our list here, so um, that's definitely a good throw in. Um, you know, with couple World Series under his belt, and uh, what, a couple no-hitters, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yep. So uh, definitely a guy that's, you know, I, I respect him for trying to stick with it and, and battle back. Um, well, as always, we, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, it'd be great if you could unsubscribe and resubscribe and give us a five-star rating, um, drop us some positive feedback, and uh, we look forward to our next episode, that's for sure. So, Brad, do you want to take us home?
0: Yep. Everybody have a great rest of your night.